0: You're listening to the Bob and Bo Show. Here, are your hosts, Ty Bob, Tybo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Tybo and Sean. Uh, the we are coming back after a week seven victory it's a big one over our it was former the get right it was the get right game over our former opponents in the Super Bowl the San Francisco 49ers we all three like come we out, got right seems like we got right seemed like Frank Clark got right <laughs> until he got suspended We'll talk about that here shortly. But the Kansas City Chiefs did win 44-23 in Levi's Stadium. Um, a little bit of news. I did just mention it. Uh, per Adam Schefter, <clears throat> Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was suspended two games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Um, I thought that they had actually already addressed this and were not going to find him. Uh, Andy Reid was on 610 10 uh, earlier this season where they had asked him about uh Frank Clark uh being suspended they said that they were not expecting anything had not heard anything from the NFL so they were going to continue uh or proceed as normal uh it turns out that uh, he's going to end up missing our next two games which uh does not include the bye week but that will be coming back um to get us against the Titans when we come back from the bye week um And who's after the bye week? The Jaguars. So amidst those two games, he'll be back just in time to face the Chargers, the Rams, and Bengals all in a row.
1: At least the next two games are at
2: home, though. I I still think it's unfortunate timing with how well he just played. Um, You know, take some time, get, you know, rest up, come back from that suspension ready to be who you were in that last game against the 49ers because that we love to see that type of production out of Frank Clark. We just know it's not going to come every game. So hopefully he can give us some of what we need down the stretch.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, it was a fantastic game in the words of a Chelsea fan, like myself, wonderful meal. And with that being said, I believe Tybo has a top five for us.
2: Speaking of wonderful meals, Ooh, great tie in there, Tybob. Well, um, I'm giving you Tybo's top five dishes that I like to cook. The the dishes that I think are my best. Okay. Um, I've done a top five restaurants. Uh on the show before we know i love food um i won't say i like making food more than i like going out because if someone else is going to cook me food and i don't have to work for it that's great i get sweaty as fuck in the kitchen so <laughs> um, but I, I shut up <laughs> <laughs> but i just uh i when i do make food i also have this like it's, a, it's an insecurity. It's a validation thing. Like, I have to know how you feel about my food. Like, good or bad. Like, I want tips if it's bad, and I just want the validation if it's good. But, I, I like, I will stare at you as you eat my food until you tell me what you think about it.
1: Um, I don't think no. I've ever told Saibo he's made a bad meal, and he's made me multiple
2: Because I'm staring at him yeah.
1: with pressure. It's a little freaky. <laughs>
2: uh, um, but my, my honorable mention on this list is my steak steak doesn't make the top five because it's kind of boring. Um, because, like, once you learn how to cook a steak, you should be able to recreate that every single time. And a lot of people could cook a good steak. I'm still learning. I'm just now kind of figuring out, like, how to how to get it where I like it, which is medium rare. A lot I overcooked many steaks in the past. I'm only 27. But, like, uh, better than my dad, though, because – sorry he he does listen to the podcast so sorry dad but uh <laughs> it's well known that the family you know is kind of tired of the way he cooks steaks <clears throat> but i digress <laughs> sorry pat <laughs> uh my top five uh, number five is a smaller chop um if you can smother a pork chop so many different ways i got two that i'm really really good at Um, mushroom style, which I make a mushroom gravy, um, throw a bunch of mushrooms and other stuff that tastes good with mushrooms on top of the pork chop. Um, you can do breadcrumbs with this if you want to, but then that gets soggy with the gravy. Um, but then the other smothered pork chop is like a Parmesan encrusted. So it's almost like Italian, I guess. Um, so Parmesan, Italian herbs, breadcrumbs, that good stuff. Cook till golden brown. <laughs> um, but yeah, smothered pork chops actually pretty easy, but you can fancy up a pork chop with the, with the type of stuff you put over top of it. And my wife loves it. And I think she actually did the first smothered pork chop in my house. But anyways, number four, I got breaded chicken sliders. Sounds very boring. Sounds very mundane. But um. My wife can also attest to this. I breading, um, frying stuff. I knock it out of the park with the seasoning in the in the in the actual breading and the coating. So, chicken slider is phenomenal that I make for these. But also, where I go over the top here is the sauces. So I don't just get a bottle of buffalo sauce and dump it over top. Like I I I'll make a I'll make an aioli. I'll make, you know. It's it's another aioli, but the balsamic aioli. Like my my sauce game is high up there. Okay, I make a lot of sauces. Love making sauces, but that's what sets my 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 burgers apart. Mac and cheese. Again, sounds boring, but I finally brought some mac and cheese to family Thanksgiving this last Thanksgiving, and they're like. We need it back. My, my sister's husband actually like wanted all the leftovers for himself. I was so excited. I didn't even care that I didn't get more Mac and cheese after the meal. I was like, take it. I, I, I feel fantastic that you love it this much. Um, but it's now be, going to become a staple at uh, family Thanksgiving, but it's not just like a regular Mac and cheese. It's a baked Mac and cheese. that has got um, a ranch breading encrusted over top. Mm. So good. So good. And I mean, it's as simple as as mixing a ranch packet with some breadcrumbs and putting it over top, but it's so good. And and the Mac and cheese is far from basic because I start off, I, I make a cheese sauce out of, out of a roux, which is, uh, commonly like a soup base. Um, but it's like flour and butter. And you can get your seasonings and your other cheeses in there. Um, and I'm, I'm usually just working with what I got. But if I'm going to buy the cheeses for the mac and cheese, you got to have Gruyere because it melts really well. Got to have one or two types of cheddar. A lot of times I go with smoked stuff. So smoked Gouda, smoked cheddar, mm. stuff that goes great together. My mac and cheese is fire, and I've done it uh, more than a couple times now. I even had one of Zoe's friends uh, request my mac and cheese.
1: What's the minimum amount of cheeses you put in your mac and cheese? Minimum.
2: I I mean minimum is three, shooting for at least five. Okay, I like to have a five cheese bag. I like that. Yeah. Number two, this one's kind of kind of seemed like I'm cheating. Um, it's also more based on my sauces. Uh, but anything Mexican. So, like a burrito bowl. Um, we often make homemade burrito bowls, like kind of mimicking Chipotle, but like tacos, anything Mexican I make, I'll throw a cilantro lime aioli on there. I'll go out and get some, plebon- oh, uh, man, that's a fine. I didn't pronounce that right. Pobl- <laughs> Poblanos, uh, You blend those up with a bunch of other stuff in there. You make a really, really good sauce. Um, uh, a roasted red pepper sauce. It goes fantastic with certain uh, Mexican meals. Like I said, the sauce, my sauce game is on another level, and that's why you know, anything Mexican that you want me to make, you know, that's it's number two. Okay. Number one, be my number one. Um, it's hard, but it's fun to cook. Um, takes you at least five, six, maybe even seven hours. Um, but I make traditional Japanese ramen. And my best friend has had it who, is you know an avid Japanese food lover, um, <laughs> I make good ramen, and I I put my own little twist on it. So a tonkatsu broth is is pork neck bones.
0: Mm. Interesting.
2: A beef knuckle is, is is a soup bone. Um, you make all types of beef broth with it. With I'll do it's uh. Prepare it the same way you would a, a regular takatsu broth. You just have a beef knuckle in there with it. So gives it a slightly different um, I forget the other sauce that I – or it's not a sauce. It's, it's like another broth that I make that's mostly soy sauce. Um, you throw some sake and some other stuff in there. It makes a good salty base for your ramen. But I found it online. I like it. I'm good at it. Um, everybody that I make it for loves it Um, he's going to make it for
1: us sometime soon
2: yeah it's it's highly requested so I got to get these boys in on it too I will say one time I did forget to scoop the the nasty stuff off the top like you're supposed to out of a ramen broth and it did give you diarrhea immediately after (laughs) you ate it it was so good. My it was God. so good, but if you don't get all the the fat and all like the nasty stuff off like when your broth is simmering, you have this little like strainer thing that you skim stuff off the top. If you don't do that, um ramen's already like super fatty. So, if you leave all that stuff in there, it can like run right through you. Um but if I do it right, you don't get diarrhea and it's still fantastic. So, ramen's my number one and i mean i I don't think anything's gonna dethrone that
1: let's just hope whenever you cook it for us that you get all that stuff off there
2: right
0: yeah taibo likes to to cook all the time and never brings it to us i have them all the time over all the time for for smoked meat
1: same here man same here
0: yeah
2: all right okay next time next time you invite me over i will bring a handcrafted dish for you okay what a a a guy nice china
0: <laughs> well folks as you heard in Tybo's top five he talked about a fine that we are implementing today now these fines will go towards the winner of Pick'em for this year we've preliminarily talked about um doing a survivor pool with fans of the show uh this next year so we'll talk about that a little bit more we'll see how that goes uh but we do need to talk about this fine system really quickly uh that that taibo had mentioned um there are going to be fines for us individually there are going to be fines for us um as a whole show so to start off we have our one dollar fines and this is going to be for the whole show so anytime we mispronounce a name uh, we call out somebody incorrectly for uh, incorrect stats or mispronunciations, anything like that, um, the The person who's doing the calling out that is incorrect will be fined a dollar. If you cough into the mic without having your mic muted, you will be fined one dollar. All of those again go into the pot. They'll go towards the winner of pick 'em potentially. You're muted. It's not on the fine list, nope. but it should be.
2: <laughs> we'll <laughs> add that. Uh, <laughs> but
0: He's
1: in rough already.
2: On the, <laughs> on not muting yourself it doesn't have to be just a cough, like a burp, a sneeze, anything that's going to disrupt Correct. me.
0: While we talking, all have, <laughs> we, we all have usually, I'm, I'm assuming all of our phones on vibrate, but if your phone goes off, that would be one of those things that goes in there too. Um, now we do have a few individuals, and we'll be adding on to these as we go along, but we do have individual fines for each person. It's gonna be the 50 cents because these are things that we tend to do very often. So it would not be beneficial to any of us for a dot for, for it to be a dollar or more. Tybo is gonna start out with his long pauses that he tends to take. <laughs> Sean has his quarterback speak. I'm sure you've all heard it. It's when he says a whole lot of words without meaning or having any meaning in the things that he says. Uh, we're also going to hit we're him with restating
2: his... stuff that's already been said.
0: <laughs> we're also going to hit him with his muffled mic. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, you see him flip his, uh, his mic up and down a lot. Um, yep. It just sounds like the muffling Pat, your, right, right there. Right there. <laughs> that's a good example. Um and then, Bye, myself, and then for myself, and then for myself, we've called it the question master. I am often asking questions, two or three in a <laughs> row, and asking somebody to answer all of those questions and keep in mind what I've asked uh, as well. I uh, use the same word multiple times throughout segments. Uh, so anytime that I use, like uh, if you if you look at last chief show with Taibo, I think I use the word seemingly at least six times. So if I start to use a word too often, I get hit with it every time then and after as I can
2: his nickelback grievance with me. He said the word grievance, grievance like five times. Grievance.
0: It is now a running joke for the show. Uh, which is great. So those are our fines. Uh they'll be they'll have been put up so that you can see them as well. Uh, if you've got any fine uh, contributions, make sure to hit us up. Facebook comments. Uh, YouTube comments hit us on (laughs) y'all should be fine for this (laughs) Um, and as well like if you uh, catch something that we don't we're going to be calling it out live in the middle of the show so if you catch something that we did not make sure you call us out on there too so we can add properly to the fine bucket as we'll call it and Sean will be our keeper uh, for notations for the fines we'll see how well that
2: goes I got I got one for me that I'll bring up later I don't want to talk about it live right now yeah
0: we can do that. <laughs> uh, so that is our fine system. That will continue on with the show. Um, as I said, winners, uh, the money will go to the winner for them, um, And potentially maybe to you guys, if we tend to do some sort of competition with the show through the following seasons. With that, I'm going to turn this over to Sean.
1: Yeah, let's get into a little bit of Chiefs talk here, why don't we? First off, here was an interesting set that I saw going to this game that I guess you guys probably talked about, but I may have just missed. Niners were the top three defense, averaging 14.8 points per game. Number one defense. Number one defense, okay. Averaging 14.8 points per game. Looked at it today. That averages up to 19 points per game. I'm surprised I didn't jump further. Yeah, but they had only given up 20 points one time this year. That was to the Falcons last week we put a double 20 on them 44 22 what does that say about our offense right now
2: it's just astounding when it struggles because we know we can put up 44 points on the best on like continuously number one defense like
0: it's it's, it's good and it's uh one of one of the things i saw that was pretty <clears throat> neat uh came from at ghost off at white on Twitter. He said, our statistical paces uh, for this season, Mahomes is on track for over 5,000 yards, 49 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Kelsey's on track for 1,300 yards, over 100 catches, 17 touchdowns. MVS, just shy of 1,000. Juju's on pace for um, 1,200, five tutties. Clyde is on pace for 700 yards. Uh, Chris Jones is on pace for 12 sacks. At about 400 receiving for Clyde, or between 300 and 400, I thought. Exactly, and 19 yeah. touchdowns for him. CJ with 12 sacks, and and Nick Bolton's on, on pace to break the record for, I believe, total tackles, which, I, if I remember correctly, is held by Ray Lewis. He's on track for about 167, <clears throat> 170. Uh, so, like, the pace, that goes a little bit into the defense, but if we're just strict talking strictly offense, not missing a beat, man. Like, it doesn't matter lose Tyreek it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, we're oh actually I saw another stat today. We have more plays of over 15 plus yards this year than we did last year.
0: I believe it's 23 uh 23 to
1: 14 s- or so.
0: Yeah, something something around there. Like we're already already breaking everything that we've done last year so far. Um like who needs Tyreek, man? What are we doing out here? <laughs> the chemistry hadn't even been set. Like If you go back and look, like take these two weeks out for Juju, and he was okay numbers-wise, right? We, we know he's out there. He's creating space for Travis and some of these other guys. Um, but these last two weeks, like he's putting it all together. Pat is getting in a rhythm with him and with Travis, and Clyde is getting in there. And now look at McColl two weeks in a row also. I don't think that's just a coincidence that McColl is starting to come together for two games in a row, which we've never seen at the same time that Juju is starting to get him his chemistry rocking with Pal, like, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a coincidence at all.
2: Yeah, I, I, more production out of Juju probably early on, but it it just took it took a while to get there. It. I mean, week. What are we in seven? This is week six, so yeah. seven. Like it. It just it took a little bit of time to get there. So. We we knew what we were capable of, even without Tyreek Hill, and I think we're, we weren't necessarily one-dimensional with Tyreek Hill in the offense, but it's like we were only moving the ball a certain amount of ways, and the defense could key in on the long plays. We're more than multidimensional now. There's so many weapons. There's so many different types of threats that I'm not surprised that we have uh, more... Uh, plus 20-yard plays than last year because Pat mentioned it before the season starts. The defense doesn't know where it's coming from.
1: Yeah. Well, this is also amazing to see because Juju came out and said that they brought the chemistry from playing Warzone together on Friday night. Him, Travis, Patrick, and MVS. And that clearly showed because this was the first game, and I forgot what it said, Sent on Snapchat earlier. How many years that we had two Chiefs with over 100 receiving yards wide receivers?
0: It was like 20 years, 22 yeah. years. Something. It's like that. been
1: a very long time.
2: Can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yeah. There was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, what is his name? Big Country or something on on Twitter? Yeah, big Country. I think he re. I think he quote tweeted somebody. Um, who pointed out that after one of McColl's touchdowns, the only person that went over to congratulate him was Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, country dismissed it and was like, you know, that's not happening on our team. But, like, whose name of that? Out of the the group of four that played Call of Duty – McCole's not on there, and he—you know—he's a gamer. You know he's got his Pro setup gamer. and everything.
0: Yeah, it's not just that he has a setup. He—he he yeah. is uh, signed to, I think it's Pioneers GG, is, is which he... is a Kansas City gaming company. Uh, that's why you saw him try and hop in Abby Burner's uh, DMs on Twitter. Uh, he wasn't trying to hop in her DMs for that. He was trying to get a little uh, promotion within. But I mean that too.
2: Group. You know it. I mean. probably. <laughs> Um, uh, but do we do we find that odd? Do we find that funny? Um, do we think there's anything to that? Um what's what's going on with McCole?
0: Man, oh. I, I think there's a combination of things. Like I don't know what the chemistry is inside that locker room. I don't think a lot of people do. Um it's possible that McCall is just when they're not on the field, when he's gaming, he's just wrapped up in like actually doing the work that that's with the esports league that he signed with. Um, the other portion could be just like maybe, maybe he's not clicking in that locker room. Maybe that's the reason why he started off so low, so slow this season and why he hasn't been productive in the previous seasons. Um, not saying that he's not a good teammate. It just may not be a proper match mashup of like personalities. That's um, what I
1: think more of it is.
0: And and you know we we talked about it in the off season. My neighbor saw him at the casino putting all his money on roulette and, and smoking cigarettes. Like that's clearly not something that I anybody else is on the on the team is doing, or at least in our offensive weapons there that are together. They're they're not. They may be going and gambling, but they're not smoking ciggy pops in the in the bar. <laughs> uh, so just that I think that's just a little bit uh, difference uh, between. Uh, Some of the personalities, I think you can also see that on the franchise at the beginning of the season uh, when they interviewed McColl versus them interviewing other people. McColl is an active guy. He likes to go out and do things on his own. Um, And so it's I think that could be just the difference in the locker room. I think they'll get that shaped up because it doesn't look good for the public view.
2: Yeah, I just I wanted to ruffle some feathers there. I don't really put much to it. I I think – I mean, he did have three touchdowns on Sunday, so. Yeah.
0: I believe they celebrated the other two, so
1: one. Yeah, there's a stupid one. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Sean, I wanted to correct you earlier on the number three versus number one. It's not a huge one, but for the simple fact that that's now two number one defenses ranked by the NFL that we have faced this season. The Bills was number one, which uh, we took their defense down. Weren't the Bucks number one when we played them? The, sorry, the Bucks. It was the Bucks, And after we played the Bucks, their defense dropped out of the top 10. And it's happened now twice. It didn't just happen with the Bucks. It's now happened with the second number one defense that we've gone up against. And that defense fell from number one all the way to 13. That's the 49ers. Well, the Bills weren't number one when we played them don't believe that I they were top five but we did not fit they were not the number one defense at the time that was still the 49ers
2: yeah we, I mean we <laughs> sorry Sean we it's know just, what we
1: can do bro <laughs> just goes back to like show how stupid that Colt's game was how out of place that was for us
0: how- given we're we're get we're supposed to be given like those things happen like that happens with the yeah. Chiefs. It's so but annoying. it's just we,
1: we only play in weird games now. Something weird happens in every single game for us. That's just not on well, brand for us anymore.
2: The past two games, the refs have been in their damn pockets all, all game. I didn't necessarily get to watch the whole game, but I, I could see everybody complaining about how much, I mean, the refs were throwing flags
1: uh, in the 49ers game. Yeah, there was I mean, quite a few flags in that one. I mean...
0: They weren't even out of place either. They like they they definitely threw a bunch of the right calls. The only one that any that I have a, uh, an issue with, and most other people have an issue with, I almost did it. I almost did it. Uh, uh, was the the penalty for the low block uh, outside the tackle box? Yeah. Um, uh, they they ended up drawing it up, and they did change the rules this year for outside of the tight end box. They you can do it there um that's such a such a minuscule and tight call that you don't see gets called really anywhere else I, nobody nobody liked that call i didn't even see 49ers fans like that call
1: that's how running backs block defensive ends there they should they pulled it out on the broadcast put the box out there and showed it to you he was clearly out of it like it is close but that of all calls
0: and so Bosa it technically was, was
2: legal, but it's like normally a no call. Is that what we're saying?
0: It is technically illegal, but generally is a no call. And and the other thing is, is like Bosa was lined up another three feet outside of Jarek McKinnon's shoulder, so he was already way over. How else are we expecting people to be able to block this? Not just people, more specifically, a skill position player. Um, this this ridiculous. Like, <laughs> let's let's get our stuff together.
2: As as guys get faster, that wide nine become wide as fuck.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving uh, on to a great penalty that was not called though. Chris Jones get another fumble.
0: It was beautiful. I was worried there for a minute. I was like, "Oh boy, Chris, don't you wrap up? Don't you touch him? Just get the ball."
1: Do you think getting the two interceptions and the fumble is going to stay for us? Because this is our first turnovers in a long time. Do you think defense is finally going to get it going now? I
2: mean, Willie Gay comes back, and we see what what can happen. McDuffie kind of waiting in the wings, so it could. Um, and that's usually the strength of a Chiefs defense is is um, though just taking those opportunities when they come. You know, um, we we're known. Well, I mean, when Marcus Peters was here. Uh, His first couple of years, we were known for an insane turnover differential. So I think that spirit, usually on a Chiefs defense, lives on. Um, I think we're capable of it. But do I think it's going to stick around? Probably not.
1: All right. Do you think it's just going to be rookies getting interceptions in the end zone for the rest of the year?
2: (laughs) I can cross my fingers for it. Um, (laughs) And... Am I? Are we gonna really buy on that kind of stuff when it comes to playoff time? No, i I don't think I don't think that's what's gonna help win us games when it really matters.
0: When you look back at it, I think like what was it since 2019 we haven't really won the turnover battle for an entire season Um for a while. It just I think 2019 was the last time we did, and that was. Even with one of the league's worst defenses. Um, and that was just because Pat was not turning the ball over. It just wasn't happening. We're not that type of defense. We're a bend, don't break, allow a field goal, go down and score 30 touchdowns per game type of team. Uh it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Uh I, I thought it was awesome that you know, we're maybe trying to go that way, or we at least did against this bad offense. Um, but the whole defense showed out, man. Like, like you got to give credit when credit is due. Spags has been fairly bad. I would, outside of like the Bills game and this game, has been fairly bad. I thought, and uh, to be able to like mix and match and be able to get people in the right positions and to hold these guys to to the low score that we did, get turnovers. But most impressively, have the defensive line work that amazing offensive line the way that we did and get all the sacks and the safety and get the pressure on the quarterback hats off to to spags hats off to the defensive line Uh, that was the best game that they've put together to date and and the the Cardinals game was fantastic for the defensive
1: line as well so is this the defensive line that you're picturing to be top five right now
0: if if this defensive line could continue that trend the way that they played this past week against the 49ers and 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 pick up on things that they did well during the Cardinals game. This is the this is the defensive line that I was expecting to have play. They've got the ability to do it. they they just tend not to for some reason. I don't know what that issue is. I don't know. Frank Clark had a, a tremendous game. That was the first game he's had well in a year. He hasn't done anything else. That was a great game from him. Malik Herring, a guy that Tybo has been talking about since the offense comes up with the fumble recovery he's getting in there one of the stats that i saw i don't i don't remember who it was Derek Naughty has had like 90 plus i think he's had 99 uh uh snaps where the offense has dropped back do you know how many pressures that man has created goose egg
2: i saw that tweet too nothing
0: nothing what is he doing out there let's get these other guys in put colin saunders in there the man can play linebacker at least he deserves a few reps he's blocking holes he's he's getting pressure he's doing what he's supposed to um like the they're they're finally clicking uh and i still think there's a few adjustments that need to be made
2: i i can agree with you that, that like I think colin should be playing more than Derek Notty, but that Derek Notty's role is not necessarily pass rusher on our team. He's zero. a run,
0: he's a run, run stopper for sure. And
2: you know, top five, I think he's even a little much for their ceiling on if this like defensive line plays well. Um, but I, I think that's kind of area still that I'm hoping we go out and get somebody that's going to make more of an impact because that uh, another piece, another really good rusher will put us into a top five type of defensive line. I don't think we really have the guys for right now. But my pl- defensive player to watch uh, from our last show, LJ, uh, I I did see that he made an impact on the game. He got a sack or a half a sack. Um, so he he's one of those guys that's going to – he's the big-name guy, veteran on our team that's going to make those types of plays um, – hopefully that lead to turnovers that lead to stops that lead to things that are going to carry, um, instead of those like really opportune turnovers where you were talking about a, a rookie getting a interception in the end zone.
0: Did, did I miss something? Is Turk Wharton injured? Did I just miss that? We talked about yeah. He's
2: out for the season. KCO. Oh, that's
0: right. Okay. No, he is. <laughs> that's why, no, I knew I missed something. Yeah. That's why uh, Stallworth is in. Okay.
1: Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. more sense. One thing that I did notice with the defense, though, was having Willie Gay back, there was a different energy on the field on the defensive side, that he brings the charisma, everything you need for that defense over there.
2: And it seemed like Darius Harris broke that for the, the first game where he replaced him, but it didn't carry over to the other games. Um, but the, it's, it's as simple as, as a different type of energy. I mean, he's just incredibly talented linebacker linebacker, but – it, it, I mean, it, it does have a lot to do with the energy that he brings.
0: What is Sky Moore still doing on special teams?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Why the is man, he still there? The man's never done, been a part of a punt return in his life until he came to the Chiefs.
0: I thought he was at, uh, at Western Kentucky. I thought he was there. Nope. No?
1: Western okay. Michigan. So that's he, interesting,
2: and that tells me <clears> that he probably shouldn't be back there. Like I love Andy's tendency to ride with his players. Like, if they make a mistake, if he goes right back to him. But I mean, how many punts does he have to drop for us to? I don't know. Look elsewhere.
0: Why did like why did they switch him out? They did. They put McColl back there. Yeah, but we we dropped McColl dropped one this year already too. Right. But like we dropped Corey Coleman, right? That was a guy that we were expecting to stay on and be a punt returner in case he was needed. He was brought onto the special teams. He's now no longer, or excuse me, onto the practice squad. He's now no longer there. What are, what is our backup plan? Do we have one?
1: Nope. It's great. I mean, I'd rather for
2: Tyreek. I'd rather have McCall back there than Sky (laughs) Moore at this
1: point, but yeah.
0: As long as I mean, gosh, at least D Rob didn't drop any puns. I thought is I'd he, never say that.
1: Is he losing it in the sky? Is there just too much sky out there for him?
0: <laughs> That should be fine.
1: <laughs> bad bad puns. <laughs> bad puns. Mark it down.
2: I did like Reed, the idea me. of trying to trade for both Elijah Moore and DJ Moore. Just <laughs> the Moore. <like> nobody <laughs> nobody but Moore.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, what is uh what does this look like for the defense moving forward i mean do you much like I, I just sat here watching the game and thinking okay we watched mvs we know what he did 2 weeks ago or 3 weeks ago however long it was is not sustainable we know that for mvs and he went out and he did have like he he did have a fairly solid game uh, against the 49ers uh, but we know that week that he put up a while ago was is not sustainable. Is that the th- same thing for this defense? Like, we're just expecting every so often for them to go out there and, and do a little bit of showboating and getting the job done and then back to, like, mediocrity?
1: Yeah, I think whenever it's the teams that we need to get up for, they're going to come out and show out. But the lackadaisical teams that really just easy games, think the offense is going to go out there, then figure it out in the fourth quarter, stop them then, that's going to come back.
0: Yeah, I
2: we're we're gonna be carried off of our big names, L.J., Chris Jones, our linebackers. You know, you throw Juan Thornhill in there; he he shows he shows the right things at at certain times. But when it comes to pure coverage, um, we're not that good, and we haven't been for a while, and. You add on to the tendency for Spags to just keep everybody in man coverage on an island that, I mean, it's not the greatest formula for success. So he leans really heavily on the blitz packages. Um, I really I, – I I commend him on uh, the formation where he's got Chris Jones on one end, Karloftis in the middle, and uh, Frank Clark and Dunlap uh, on the right side. They run a bunch of stunts with Clark and Dunlap. Um, Carloftis bull rushes up the middle and Chris Jones does what Chris Jones does. So it's a, it's a neat formation um, in, in crucial times, but as far as our philosophy and coverage ability, I mean, we're not anywhere close to the top tier to defense, even when we're playing well.
0: I agree. I think there's a, there's another unit that needs a shout out besides the defensive line with how well they played. How about the hogs, the offensive line? after multiple weeks of being poor and not showing up on games <laughs> that, that we needed to show up at, come out with an absolute banger of a day.
1: Man. What did they let up two pressures? Maybe
0: the best. I think Pat, what Pat got sacked once.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Just once. One two
2: pressures. They hit home 50% of the time.
1: Wow. On all his drive backs. It's amazing.
2: I, I know. I mean, they. I didn't see much of it. I saw more of our defense playing um, when I could catch the game. But, it. I mean, stats-wise, we. it looks like the offensive line had a great game.
1: We completely neutralized Nick Bosa.
0: Yeah, where Like, why couldn't Wiley do that last week? Well, I don't know what – but out, out of nowhere, Oregon's Max Crosby, but out of nowhere he turns into – him and Orlando Brown both just turned into the league's best tackles right and left out of nowhere, being able to keep Bosa. Bosa did get the one sack. Uh, I think he ended up with two, maybe three pressures, but basically quiet and silent the entire day, and nobody else on the defensive line was doing anything either. That was a hell of a performance, not only in the pass-blocking scheme, but in the run-blocking scheme.
2: I think the coaches got to work um, something I brought up briefly in the, the the last preview, the, when you have a scheduled chip block and not getting beat to the inside, I think for the most part that was taken care of. Um, It, it's shown. I mean, our running back showed out to help fix that problem, but I mean, I feel like the coaches kind of got on that offensive line because we know they're, they're capable of pro bowl, all-pro-level all, all outfit. Like, we we have a good offensive line,
1: or we should. Speaking of running backs there, how about the Andy Reid mind games to say we're starting Isaiah Pacheco, and he only gets nine <laughs> offensive snaps?
0: Starting running back for Kansas City Chiefs hasn't meant anything since Kareem Hunt. And honestly, before Kareem Hunt, it didn't mean anything until Jamal. Jamal. I think we've had – Two starting running backs that actually meant something uh, in our in the last what ten years. It's it's pretty pitiful for being what used to be running back central. You
2: could you could kind of argue Damian, but it's like when Damian Williams came out, we had production by the guys
0: like. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's odd. It's odd, but I mean, hey, uh, I don't know. We'll see about Pacheco. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Name the starter in likeness only because what Clyde ended up getting more snaps anyways. Um, I think the um,
2: promise is still pretty high. I love his style. I think. Oh, yeah, it might be a longer term um, solution yeah. to our running back. I don't. Are we going to hang on to Clyde? Are we going to pay him any money? Like, I, I mean.
0: I, know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect to. Yeah. Um, a lot of people on Twitter are like pointing out certain gaps and whatnot. Um, and like going back on his film and you missed here or whatever. He's number one. We know that he's slow coming out of the backfield. His best threat is being a receiving running back, which we don't use him at. Um, But, but he's slow to cut. We've seen that his vision is somewhat poor. If you look at, look at some of these plays back that you call out, really he's being covered and if he makes the cut that you want him to make number 1 he's too slow number 2 even if he was if he was fast enough he'd be barely escaping the the defender that's there watching him um i just don't think he fits our scheme well or we're not fitting our scheme to be able to utilize him as the weapon that that he is uh and Pacheco would fit our system much better so i don't i don't see us keeping him past this season. I think we get through the Super Bowl, we get through the up to the draft, and I think he may go uh, for some draft picks as we try to gain some draft capital since the the draft will be held here in Kansas City.
1: There's a good chance of that, yeah. I can, why not? If Pacheco's showing that much promise right now.
2: There was. I, I wanted I to get your thoughts on this. Oh, go ahead. I don't necessarily think Pacheco fits our system better than Clyde, but I think he's. I think he would turn out to be the better running back for sure.
0: I um, wanted to get your thoughts on this because it comes from a couple different sources. There was uh, at Brad Brad Stainbrook and there's uh, Don Cliveman. Uh, Cliveman added in that Gree Williams was from the Browns was up for, uh, for on, on the trade block. Um, but Brad Stainbrook also said uh, that uh, running back Kareem Hunt. Um, will be uh, eliciting offers and the Browns will be listening. Uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs Twitter cannot get Kareem Hunt out of their mind. Um, do you think it would be feasible or possible um, to bring in Kareem, whether before the trade deadline or postseason, uh, and implement a new regime at running back, with, say, Pacheco and Kareem Hunt, much like the Browns do with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, just making probably Kareem our number one with Pacheco to back him up.
1: No. I just see us going the draft the rest of the time with Mahomes for running backs. Just get these young guys, run them out for the first four years, send them on their way.
2: That's more than likely what will happen. There's no chance we reunite with Kareem
0: Hunt. I didn't think so. I'm not entertaining the idea I've said all along it's not going to happen but Chiefs Twitter thinks something completely different
1: one last thing to talk about here I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier but Frank Clark is suspended for the next two games what does this what does this mean for the younger guys moving forward and what type of playing do you think they're going to get like do you think Roloffis is going to show up a little bit more do you think Dunlap's going to show up a little bit more I know he's not a young guy but Mm.
0: Um, One of the things that I noticed looking at the snap count from the weekend, Dunlap's already getting, uh, on average, he's getting anywhere from 40 to 60% of the snaps already, which is uh, pretty typical among the defensive line in the rotation. I think losing Frank, uh, obviously Dunlap is going to be the guy to step up, uh, but we don't have much depth after that. So that either means that the Kansas City Chiefs, before the deadline, Um, most likely during the bye week, this full next week. um, They will be vying to trade for somebody to come in. It will not be for the first. Get it out of your minds, folks. It's not going to be for either one of them. It's not going to be Brian Burns. It could be a Montez Sweat. could be a Marcus Davenport, something like that, a guy that we can bring in. There's there's somebody out there to look for. Um, The Broncos will be listening for offers for Bradley Chubb, um, he is on the last half season of his contract. He could be going something for something like they did with Von Miller—a thir- uh, third and a fourth, I believe it was. Um, they they don't have they don't have any uh, leg to stand on when it comes to Bradley Chubb. Um, so something like that could be a possibility. Uh, but if if nothing happens, most likely our defensive line is going to look a lot worse because the same guys are going to be on the field and we have no rotation.
1: Dream guy for me would be, it's probably not possible, but Cam Jordan from the Saints. Older guy, Saints aren't playing too well. He's under a reasonably good contract for the next two years as well. I was gonna say, would, with, money wouldn't really work this year, but...
0: Well, with what he's already been <clears throat> paid and getting um, $400,000 back from... Um, uh, uh, Frank Clark's contract because we do not pay him for the two weeks that he suspended, we're now uh, up at uh, $4 million. I think it's $4.4 4 or $4.2 million in cash space. It definitely could be possible with a guy like Cam Jordan.
1: He would be a very interesting fit.
2: If we got the worst defensive lineman out of the list of guys that you guys just talked about, I think it would do a lot for this defensive line, even when we still have Frank Clark. Um, Carl Loftus is going to be. Carl Loftus is going to get run ragged. I mean, he's either going to show out or, or I mean, he's either going to show up to play or he's he's going to not really have a future here because it's, it's he's he's definitely looking like a project guy, and if he's going to continue to just kind of be eh <laughs> you we got we got to think like we're going to move on like we can't we can't survive in a, in a league of pass rushers if we have if Karl Loftus <laughs> at this output is our number one guy like
0: he's already getting type of one of the things we we continue to talk about Loftus has is already getting like 70% of the snaps as he goes, as every week goes by, he's creeping up a couple extra percent every single week. Um, so, man, expect him to be out there like 90% of the time these co- extra coming weeks while, while Frank Clark is out.
1: against some not top tier offensive lines.
0: be beautiful to see if it's if time to get it done.
1: Yeah. Especially coming off the bye week as well.
0: Well, folks, we are in the bye week. All right, this is this is the the final post game show that we have for a little bit we don't fret we'll have our nfl shows we've got some things planned for uh what would be a chiefs pregame and a post game show so don't fret don't worry we'll be here we've got some things planned so stick around make sure to check us out on twitter and youtube bob and bo show make sure you're hitting us up with the fines Uh, Tybo needs your top five suggestions. We got to do those. And uh, I keep hearing from people that Sean's uh, Just the Tips and the NFL shows uh, doing okay, not doing okay. Some of you have been burned by some of his picks. So I want you to let him (laughs) know there as well. All right. Until next time, go Chiefs.
1: Go Chiefs.